Welcome to Six Again, your go-to rugby league podcast with hosts Adam Hoy and Jared Mooton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome to a quick hit of the 6CN podcast. We have Origin coming up next Wednesday. So we've only got four games on the slate this weekend. So we'll cover those four, some updated signings news in NRLW and that's pretty much it. Oh, and some news on a new set of Origin fixture for under-19s. And joining us tonight is Wally Wallace. How you going, buddy? Good mate, self. Pretty, pretty exhausted. Looking forward to this weekend. Yeah. One more day to go, but um, I don't think we've got anything already. Oh. <laughs> That's what I need months, to hear. Mate. Yeah. It's been a busy week, though. Like, I've been flat out this week, work-wise, but, you know, I really am my RDO this week. Yeah. You probably feel like tomorrow. Look at my eyes. Oh, mate, I won't be looking good on Saturday morning after a night in the Goldie. Oh shit! What's on down there? This. Uh, so, so um, my brother's brother-in-law is a pilot over in Dubai. He's back for a few weeks, so just catching up and having a bit of a a boys' night, boys' night down in the Goldie. So, pilot in Dubai, happens. eh? Must be tough. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what I'm concerned about. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm just going up with a bunch of rich people, and then there's just me. So, so hopefully, Nick's picks comes through this week. <laughs> We'll see how we go. good. I got some juicy odds. I'm good. Man, yeah. One of the biggest feeds on Twitter is just, can anyone help me with bets this weekend? Because <laughs> holy crap. We'll, we'll get to that. And um, yeah, we'll have a look at how much we've got left. Because it's not not a hell of a lot. We've, um, <laughs> we've been pretty thin the last few weeks, all three of us. So um, you're both in the red and I'm only just in the green still. But yeah, we'll get to it. All right. First off on the... Agenda tonight, we talked about the national championships last episode, but just updated information for those wanting to watch or head down to it. It is on Thursday night of June, so next week, uh, Thursday through to Sunday down at Pizzy Park, Burley, as eight, uh, 10 teams representing Victoria, South Australia, Ontario, WA, New South Wales, uh, Queensland, Australian Defence Force, and the First Nation Gems. 300 players, uh, female players from all across Australia, obviously. Um, we'll be back. It's a national tournament and it's a really important pathway for those who haven't yet cracked the NRLW or in non-rugby league strongholds like WA, South Australia, less so now Victoria. And scouts will be out, NRLW, admin will be out and all that sort of stuff. Um, all of the draw and the updates and all that sort of stuff is over on nrl.com and all the games will be broadcast live through nrl.com as well uh, with the first game kicking off at 9.30 a.m. on the Thursday morning. So the open age division has a six-team pool, Victoria, Australian Defence Force, WA and Ontario, New South Wales Country and First Nation Gems. There's no Queensland, New South Wales in that uh, due to state of origin. And the under-19 age division has two pools, Pool A, Queensland Sapphires, New South Wales City, Victoria and Western Australia, and Pool B, Queensland Rubies, New South Wales Country, Northern Territory and South Australia. So, yeah, it's going to be 
freaking awesome. I love watching it last year. So if you're keen on women's rugby league and the up and coming talent, there's one to watch for you. And the key kicking goals that NRLW just uh, the way they run so well. Like they're just so, such a well run organization that and every decision they make moving forward just seems to be the right one. I just like I just if you're wanting to grow the game and try to identify key talent and give people that pathway, this is the perfect thing for it. So hundred percent um, big big tick from me. Actually, I just said 100%. I've got to remind myself not to say that because it seems to... I listened back on one of the episodes. I think, it's, I, think I said about five, six times. So I'll come up with something else. <laughs> I'm with you all. There you go. Good. Good stuff. <laughs> if you're keen on watching some other youngsters run around, uh, under-19 male, female... Like Under-19s, male and female state of origin has been announced for Thursday, the 23rd of June at Leichhardt Oval. So this has been confirmed by the Australian Rugby League Commission. Both matches will be broadcast nine, live on nine and Fox Sports. And as a cool twist, each under-19s team is allowed to select two marquee players from the NRL or NRLW uh, to be part of the under-20s match. So players that are eligible, for example, for the men's side of things, the Sam Walker, Joe Sawali, Will Panasini, Reese Walsh, Ezra Mam, uh, Tyrell Sloan. So players would still fit into that under 20 category, basically, which would be really exciting to watch. So it would really give these guys a chance to go back and be real leaders in the, in the teams and give those youngsters even more motivation, I guess, uh, to crack the NRL and NRL roster sooner rather than later. So at 7.45 is the men's game and 5.40 is the women's game, both down at Leichhardt. So that should be pretty damn interesting. This is a kind of a new, um, yeah, it's a new concept. So obviously that's 23rd, it's a Thursday. Then you've got the women's state of origin on the Friday night. Then you've got the international games Kiwis versus Tonga on the Saturday, both the men and the women. Uh, that's at Mount Smart. Then you've got the men's Samoa versus Cook Islands, men's Papua New Guinea versus Fiji at Campbelltown. And then on Sunday, you've got State of Origin game two. So for the men. So Thursday through to Sunday, all representative. And that is going to be... I know what great. I'll be doing that weekend. A hundred percent. This comes back to our crazy uh, concepts idea of having a three-week yeah. break in the middle and doing this for three weeks. The, See how it goes for a weekend. I, like, I, really, I really like the under-19 concept. The thing I'm fearful of is the, the standard clubs not making their players available for it. Um, as you've seen with the with the mid-season tests and all that sort of stuff. And, and so I guess it's something you'll probably see more so later in the year uh, yeah. at the end of the season. But I don't know. I can see like if... Like a Joe Sawali's, he's what had a head knock, been in Origin camp, plays this week after that, and then potentially if he's picked in that 19s team, you can see the Roosters going, oh look, mate, we don't want you playing, and that we want you to have a weekend off. That's what I sort of. That's what the one thing I'm fearful of, and that's it's just purely down to what's happened in the past and what some clubs have done. Yeah, made to bring us down. Yeah, nice. Well, that's great. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm just, you know, I'm no, usually 100%. half half. I said it. I said it. Full. I know exactly where you're coming from. 
uh yeah it does seem to happen each year i'm just hoping because the whole because there's the international fixtures the state of origin on the sunday players are going to be leaving their clubs left right and center to be playing for all the tests i'm hoping the clubs look along this as the same lines for the under 19s but yes this is the future of their clubs i'm i'm replacing jared tonight mate so i've got to be the buzzkill that is true i've got to bring us down uh, talking about Jared, uh, let's jump over to the Knights. So some signings news for the NRLW side. Hannah Southwell has signed on from the Roosters. So you add this signing on to Millie Boyle and Tamika Upton, the re-signing of Romy Tietzel. Uh, we already know Knights are going to be stronger in their second season. Then their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not original season. Inaugural Normal. season. Thank you. There we go. Boom. Now, Parramatta doing what Parramatta does, haven't just announced their first signing. They just announced 18 in one go, uh, just to make things clear, I guess. So Tiana Penatani, Hanasini, and Candy Cherrington all return. Uh, Ellie Johnson, Abby Church, Rakea Horn, Christian Pio, Selly Malangi, and Tess Staines have all been retained. Uh, but I guess it may be not so much of a key signing, but still a big one. Vanessa Foliaki has picked up her first NRLW contract since 2020. So she's had two years out of the game. So she'll be back ready and raring to go. But their marquee signing is who's going to replace Batil Vetti Walsh, who is out with an ACL rupture for the whole season. They've picked up Gail Bruton or Broughton. I think it's Bruton. She was a Kiwis Rugby Sevens representative, won gold medal um, with the Kiwis. She's been playing for Mounties in the Harvey Norman New South Wales Premiership. She's given up the Rugby Sevens game after seven seasons. She's still only 25 years old. So she's done a lot already in her footy career. So she will most likely fill the fullback shoes for the Eels uh, going into season two of 2022. Big shoes to fill. Yes, very much so. And we, but we've seen how well the Rugby Seven girls have come across into the NRL comp. And I guess Lockie Miller's been the best example of it in the men's comp. So women are like athletes of that caliber. Coming from a professional system. Yeah. And the fact she's, yeah. she's been playing in the New South Wales Premiership um, will only help her help her cause. Uh, with regards to the Broncos, here they are. They've announced the re-signings of their representative players. So Taryn Aitken, Shanae Saloka, Amy Turner, Emily Bass, Talisha Harden, Lavini Gould, Caitlin Phillips, and Chelsea Leonard Doozy. So it's a big one for the Broncos locking all of those plays in after losing, um, obviously, Upton and Boyle. The Roosters have announced the retention of Isabel Kelly, Jess Sergis, and Sarah Togatuki. So... Clubs are moving pretty quick to lock in as many of their key players as they can before they lose it. All right. I guess the last big bit of news before we jump into the four games, the Cowboys Titans kicked off just four minutes ago, was the announcement Ray Warren will be hanging up the microphone and the headphones at the end of the 2022 season. I believe at the moment he's got, what, 99 State of Origin games, or he'll finish with 99 State of Origin games. Uh, commentator which seems very rabbits to leave on such such an odd number um 
haven't listened to much of Rabbits in the last probably, I don't know, I'd say six to eight years since switching over to uh, Foxtel and all that sort of stuff. And the only time I really ever hear him is State of Origin, I guess, each year. But all of my memories growing up watching rugby league had rabbits in the background, very similar to having Benno and Greg and that sort of crew on the cricket. Um, do you have any specific memories of Rabs, any specific commentary there's, moments? There's probably there's probably three that jump to mind. And there's, it's, maybe it's because I've been replayed recently, but um, they're the grand moments. There's the um, Aaron Albert try in 97. Oh, yeah, Sorry, bring that one up straight away. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. 2005, when the Ben Flick pass that led to the Pat Richards try. Yeah. yeah. And then um, J- JT slot in the field goal in 2015. They're probably the three that jumped straight to mind. Um, yes. I think it's because they've been replayed a bit recently. But, um, yeah, no, he's just – I don't know. He's, yeah, you're, you're right. He's, he's one of those guys that's just been involved in the game from the moment you started following it. And it's it's going to be weird. As much as you don't listen to him too much anymore, you're, the grand final and, and State of Origin has always been exclusive to Channel 9. So you're just yes. used to hearing Ray Warren arguing with Phil Gould. And um, you always would have thought that Phil Gould would have been the first one out the door. But um, yeah, no, it's um, it's going to be sad. It's going to be... I feel for the boat that's going to be stepping into his shoes, to be honest. Like it's... It's, it's going to be a tough gig. And if, if there's one thing that people are very critical of, it's commentators. And I'm, yeah. Um, yeah. 100%, 100% Adam. No, no. I was, <laughs> I was, like, huh. I was like, just stuffing yeah. you on that time. Um, and honestly, like, yeah, it's, it's, I'd say it'd be that Matt Thompson or whatever his name is, Matthew Thompson, that does it. But he doesn't really, doesn't really fill me with much excitement. I still think Buddy Voss is the best one getting around. And, even then, he's still wasting on you after a while. But it's just, oh, it's, just yeah. it's slim pickings, eh? It's just, there's, who else do you pick from? Dan Ganane, it's a no from me. Um, Brenton Speed, no. Like, it's just. Get Andy yeah. Raymond back, man. Yeah, well, geez, he got started, so. He did. Um, who knows? Maybe it's. I'd, I'd love to get. Being exclusive. wonder if they'd be able to rope some of the uh, ABC commentators in. I know they commentate in a different way because they've really got to describe what's going on, but maybe one of those guys would get a crack on. It works so well for Ray Hadley. <laughs> well, yeah, but he was, he's crap on the radio anyway. I'm talking like maybe an Andrew Moore. Um, I right, and he'd give it a real good run. Oh, I, I still remember the first time seeing Rabbit calling a game where he has his binoculars on and looking out through the, the bloody window. And as a kid, that's just... As, as far from what I would picture a commentator looking like. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess as a kid, I didn't really know what to expect, but seeing a guy up there looking through micro uh, through binoculars to watch a game of footy, I just didn't understand. But then trying to call a game live, getting the players' names right, ensuring that you're seeing every single thing that's going on from at times 80 metres away, uh, mm. We, we were trying just the footy last week trying to work out what some of the penalties were for and if you can't hear the actual ref yeah you've got to be eyes on the game the entire time so doing that while commentating and 
communicating with the person next to you. Uh, he was yeah. brilliant. So, yeah. I guess m- mine would definitely be the uh, Steve Menzies coming off the bench in the 08 grand final when it looked oh, like right. he was going to sit yeah. out for the rest of the game. And then he came back on and scored the try. Uh, and the call from that was, yeah, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, like while you were saying slim pickings with regards to commentators, I can't, there's none popping into my head either. But congratulations, yeah, Rabbit. I know there are some, you'll turn it on, you'll sit there ready for your game, and then you hear um, Dan Ganane and Blocker Roach, and you're just like, oh, it's going to be a tough 90 minutes. <laughs> oh, Warren Smith's horrible, man. He's just. Oh, he's, he's probably the second best one, though. That's the thing. Oh, but he's he's such a Nancy, like. <laughs> you tackle someone above the waist and he's like, oh, what do you think of that one? Anyway. Anyway. Um, I think. I guess we just mentioned the Payne Haas stuff. Contracts have been put on hold to. Contract discussions have been put on hold to the end of the 2022 season. Yeah, it seems as though he's going to see out his contract through the end of 2024 with no change in the uh, value, which is what the Broncos didn't have to budge. It's nothing yeah. in the contract saying they have to upgrade him. We said the Broncos shouldn't do anything. They don't have to. And it seems to have played out that way. It'd be interesting to see how the fans react to him being back. Now that he's brought, like his management's brought this to light and now he's ended up staying without anything changing. But he's, I guess for he's done nothing but damage his reputation. Hey, seriously, he's done nothing but damage his reputation with the handling of this. I know you and ja- you and oh, especially Jab were saying he's done nothing wrong and all that sort of shit, which I don't agree with. But um, yeah, like oh, I just, just he could have handled this in a much better way. It's oh, just 100%. like it was just the throw. It's just throwing the toys out of the cot. <laughs> but. Is that going to be the title of this one? 100%. Yeah, it um, has to be. <laughs> it has to be. Oh, my gosh. It, it was just like a spoiled brat syndrome kind of thing, right? It's, why well, I want more money. Well, you're not getting it. Oh, that's it. I want out. Like, it's just... A, yeah, it's, how like, many just, players have done that, though, me. in the last... Yeah, not, that doesn't make it any better, though. Like, no, it doesn't. I think the difference here is he's been the highest profile one to do it. and Yeah, and Jared compared it to clubs forcing players out, right? But that player doesn't lose the money that they're on. They get paid by two different clubs, essentially. Yes. So if they say, no, nah, we got to chip in your salary to go to another club, yeah, they're still getting paid the same amount. They're not losing any money. So that's the difference there. And yeah, so like, even though that's not right either, that's just the way a sport is. But you can't just be like, especially when the Broncos have already upgraded him when they didn't have to do it. Like they did yeah. that out there off their own bat. They're backing through all these scandals and shit. And he's like, nah, I want more money. And at the end of the day, like he's just contradicted himself with so many different narratives around why he asked for a release. It was, oh, I want more money. Oh, no, I want to go to a top four team. What top four team is going to be able to afford him? Yeah, that was He's the in the thing. top four team at the moment. The Broncos are in the top four. <laughs> for now. It's just the yeah. timing of it. Every, yeah, but I mean, like the timing of it, right? They've just won five in a row. And then all of a sudden he's saying, oh, I want to go to a top four team. And maybe he's not used to winning. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe he wants to go to West and get back to losing. Who knows? But anyway. Yeah, it's similar. I saw a tweet through the week. Someone's saying, 
they rattle off five different names of Parramatta players that are leaving for better money uh, elsewhere. And the question mark is at the bottom saying, uh, the play, are players not trusting the... Are players looking elsewhere to win an NRL premiership because there's all these Parramatta players leaving? I went, well, no. Oh, he said, they're going to worse clubs for more money. Well, no, the worst clubs have more money because they don't have good players to spend money on. And I said, you can't really lump Papalihi into that. I don't think you really could because they got him on a really cheap deal because the Warriors Mm. didn't want him. He's getting paid what he's worth next year. Uh, That Parramatta couldn't have paid for it to start with. So I thought that was a bit of a... Um, at the end of the day, like you, you build your you build your salary cap around three or four people. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's that's how it works. And then you find pieces in between. And Parramatta have to prioritise Gutherson Brown, yeah. Moses. Yeah, they lost Marnie, um, but they keep those three around and find. And they've got their both their starting props, Parlo and and Campbell Gillard yeah. on decent yeah. money. You build around those five, and I think they'll be right. But um, yeah, anyway. Let's talk about dummy halves um, and money. Money on the Bulldogs has pushed Jeremy Marshall King to the Dolphins by the look of it. Two years at 200k a season. So at this stage would be the starting dummy half of the Dolphins uh, once that is official. And then the talks around Ryan Madison going to the Dolphins as well. Hasn't been official yet, I believe. I haven't seen anything being official about it, but it'll be a pretty big loss for Parramatta especially based on how mm. many other players they're losing out of their forward pack and second row especially. But you guess that would be the highest like marquee signing the Dolphins have had so far if it does come through. Yeah. Interesting and it's interesting, money right? It's, 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 it's rumoured to be only 500 grand a year. If that's Ooh. serious, like surely Parramatta were offering that. That's what I'm pretty sure he's on that now. I would offer yeah. him more than that. That's Way paying unders for what he can do once he's gets a consistent well, like, run. He's been shown he's that the, the last perfect, few weeks. He's the perfect uh, middle player now, eh? like ball mm. play, big body, mobile, good footwork. Can play like 80 he's, he's he needs just, to. Yeah, he's, he's fit that mould perfectly. So, um, And I, I think Marshall King's a, a great pickup. Eh? Like, he's been someone that I haven't rated, but the last couple of years he has really improved. He's a bit like Rockland Croker. Like, they they were manufactured hookers and they the more I know you don't rate Croker but you, you you'd be honest he has improved like from where yeah. he was yeah. and they're just they're guys that'll do a job and I, I reckon taking Marshall King up under Bennett Bennett will just really simplify his role and yeah uh, two hundred grand a year for a that's, yeah, it's played, nothing. Absolutely what, nothing. seventy games of first grade yeah. Like, yeah. And he pretty much had to take what he got because he'd be playing reserve grade if it was the Bulldogs, albeit. Yeah. I think we've yet to see Marnie play an entire season. Yeah, uh, but with, uh, with Madison, I did read Paris still pretty hopeful they'll keep him. So it must, it must just be a rumor. Yeah. All right. It's, uh, it's some pretty yeah, important, exciting news out of Papua New Guinea. We might hold that off till next week's episode and do that the feature with the state of origin so we'll jump on to injuries just some updated injury news bulldogs are hopeful to have to be the pain guy available in round 14 after ford has ruled out for the past two matches with an aggravated disc in his lower back so 
yeah, definitely one that they are going to take their time with. Braden Burns, hamstring, and Matt Dury, ACL, are closing in on returns for the Bulldogs in round 16 and 18, respectively. Uh, Luke Thompson is out this week with delayed symptoms of concussion, so he will not take his place against Penrith. And this is really, is this upset me a little bit. Viliami Valia will be out for an extended period after scans confirmed a broken jaw against the Knights last weekend. He was really starting to come into his own. It was a youngster yeah. I had on my radar starter this year, the center for the Warriors. And he actually played 40 minutes of the broken jaw uh, last week before undergoing surgery on the Tuesday. Um, for good news for the Warriors, Josh Curran should be available for selection round 14 after returning from his knee injury. All righty. I think that's pretty much all the off-field news and we'll rip into the four games on the slate. Nay, hey, we'll, we'll do the Cowboys side. Are you watching it at your end? Yeah, I, not at all. Yeah, no. so it started, it kicked off at 7.50 and it's 8 o'clock now, so... Um, well, obviously, do you want to do your best bets before this, or do you want to get into the previews? You know what? Let's do Nick's picks first. Huh. It's Nick's picks. Alrighty. So, are we in agreement with most of the other people that this is a hard week to line up if you're putting money on the line? I'd like to say yes. In saying that, though, maybe this is the week we need to jag something because I've been pretty confident the last couple of weeks and haven't followed through with it. So who knows? Well, I see how my tipping's been the last couple of weeks too. I've sort of been not very confident and had reasonable weeks. So who knows? Are you, uh, if you do bet through uh, no free ads here, but the one with the blue background with all yellow writing... If you do a three-leg NRL single-game multi and one-leg fails, up to fifty dollars back in round thirteen. So even they don't, oh, they don't, even they have less of an idea than what's going on. So if you use that specific app company, um, you might get a bit of security there. And gamble I just, yeah, and gamble <laughs> I just so happen to have that one open. Uh, yeah, you're you're the. Uh, I was going to say you're the guest. You're not. You're the co-host. So who wants to go first? Uh, what are our balances, actually? Oh, yeah, right. You're down to 70 bucks. So you're 30 bucks oh, red from our starting point that's of 100. Right. That's, that's, better. that's better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I'm 120 and Jared's 87.85. So without Jared being here, we're going to spend $7.85 of his because it's annoying me. Well, he's going to put it on. He's somehow still going to put it on Newcastle. We're better not buying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle versus the buy. I want to see what the odds on that. Newcastle the outsiders, hundred percent. Damn it! <laughs> I don't say that all day at work. I put my freaking headphones on, sit down at the pod, and I've said it six times already. I'm gonna open. That, I'm gonna open that betting line. Over or unders. Yeah. <laughs> you need to stop. Maybe you just need to stop agreeing with me, mate. That's the thing. See, yeah. if I said it then to say that I'll agree to not agree, <laughs> I'd actually stop myself. Yeah. You go. Right. go, right. I'll, I'll, go I'll, I'll take over. Um, so this week I've gone a two-leg, same-game multi, uh, both anytime try scorers in the Warriors-Manly game. Yeah. Uh, you, and, you and Aitken into 
Hamoli Alakawatu. I um I like the two matchups. This uh, yep. so I've got ten bucks on that. Fourteen dollar twenty five odds. So one hundred forty two dollar fifty winnings if it comes off. That is um, such good odds. The, the, yeah, so the Roy family has been poor of late. Um, uh, of know, late? Of season? Of late. <laughs> Cherry Evans not being there. His reads haven't been great the last few weeks. So maybe that might help things. But I would imagine chucking a whole new person to defend over there won't be an instant fix. So um, Aiken's always good value to score a try. And then I think um, with Turbo and DCE gone, I would imagine Kieran Foran moves to the right. And Schuster strikes me as a left side player only, the way he plays footy. I could be mm. wrong. But anyway, I have a feeling you will just be hitting Ola Kawatu at, at every chance to get. Every opportunity. I think, I think in the last three weeks, I think the Warriors have conceded like eight or nine tries down their left edge. So, um, yeah, um, I don't mind that. Who... Who's going to be playing outside Aiken? Um, well, he plays on the left. Right center. Vilea's been playing right side, and Rocco Berry's replaced him, so Pompey be playing left. Yeah, Pompey. All right, what's he playing? Three thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, but he's been switching to the wing anyway. Oh yeah, but Montoya have got set wingers this time. I don't know if he goes into there because I've I've got a. My multi's in the same game as well. And I kind of like your justification there. So I'm seeing what it does to add Pompey to the mix. All right. That's similar. Uh, I've got the Manly and Warriors game. I've got Manly to win, uh, Manly to cover the line, which is negative four and a half. Uh, I've got, I had Olakatu as an anytime scorer as well. And that gave, that was only four dollars twenty, yeah. um, but if I throw Pompey in, it jumps it up to sixteen bucks. So, and he's outside Aiken. That means he'll be going up against. Oh Is that, God! Oh, cool. Be coming up it's against cool. Harper. No, uh, isn't cool, cool, cool playing right? Huh? Isn't cool, cool playing right? Oh, so? uh, Harper played left against Parra. I didn't see you game. Oh, he will week. too. All right, who's against yeah. him then? And Saab's back. <laughs> oh, shit. No, I'm changing sides. I'll go Barry. Well, no, it's, it's, uh, don't come complain to me if Pompey scores. Well, whoever's running at Morgan Harper and Jason Saab. Well, Tua Pilotto will be on the same side as Harper, I reckon. Because Saab's yeah. playing right side. So it'll be Saab and Kua on one, which is your right edge. And then you'll have Harper and Tua Pilotto on the left. Oh, God. <laughs> Bring back to four. Not oh, how's this first game back? Just bloody hell. He had some good touches and he had some absolute shockers. Yeah, I don't trust either side. So I'm just gonna get both. No, I'm not. I'm just gonna go back and do my my three leg at 420 and just throw 10 on because I got a little bit of a lead lead, even though you would obviously jump past me. So I'm just gonna go manly line of four and a half and Olu uh 10 bucks at 420. Oh, buddy, I'm, I need a win in my own personal life as well. Eh? The last couple of weeks of gambling have been shocking. And then I went to the races <laughs> yeah. last Friday and lost. I went to, no, I missed that. I went to the races last Friday and lost even more money. So, yeah, I saw, I saw you scrubbed yeah. up all right, though, mate. Yeah, I know. 
Everyone seems surprised. I didn't say that. <laughs> I was just giving you a comment. Bloody hell. Um, you, you, were, you, you actually scrubbed up all right. <laughs> 100%. There you go. <laughs> See? <laughs> Almost got me. All right. How about we do some future markets? So we're a quarter of the way through the season as of the end of round 12. Give or take a week. Uh, grand final winner. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a, a team in here that's shouting value to me. So tell me, tell me when you reckon you, you, yeah, you hear it. So we got Penrith Panthers at $2.50, Storm at $3.75, Roosters at $11, Parramatta at $12, Cowboys at $13, and Broncos at $15. Now you're best six. What? Broncos are into the sixth favourite. Yep. And oh. Sharks, $17. Yeah, I don't think sharks are there. It's a, it's a. I think there's three, three teams that can win it, and the fourth team that's there to spoil which are the top four. Mm-hmm. I think the odds on Parramatta. Odds on Parramatta are twelve bucks. Yeah, I don't. I so this. I know me and Jared butt heads about this all the time, right? And he says, it's the same shit every year with Parramatta, blah, blah, blah. It's not, this year's different. This year's completely different, right? This time, the last two or three seasons, they've been either first or equal first and been the best team of the first 12 weeks. And then they they peak after about 16 rounds and then they fall off the cliff and then turn to shit before finals. Mm-hmm. This year, they're trying to time their run. They're, they're trying to time their run. They've already knocked off the two best teams in the comp. And yeah, they dropped some games in games they should have won, but they're they're just you watch Penrith at different times over the last few years, but they just found ways to win. They mm-hmm. turned up when they had to. Even this year, Penrith have turned yeah. up for the big games and they've just they've gone through the motions, played well for a bit and won the other games. The difference is they won those and Para haven't. I don't understand how you can write someone off within the first 12 weeks of the season when they're sitting equal fourth. And they've knocked. They're the only team to knock off the two premiership heavyweights. I just, I, I cannot fathom. I know he, he just hates Parramatta, and I know that's exactly why he, he goes mm-hmm. on a rant about it. And I just, I'd love to see Parramatta win just to fucking shove it in Jared's face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll never anyway. go on record to say I want Parramatta to win as a as a single no. supporter, but I'm, I'm really liking the eleven dollars around the Roosters on the Roosters. Mm. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah, think that, that, at any point yet they've played a full game to no, their no. to their talent level. They've played a lot of 40-minute games, and we've seen what they can do in the 40. And they were handily beaten by Penrith. Uh, it, this season for the Roosters reminds me of the first year that Kronk and Tedesco played there. And they were very clunky. They were, I think they were like, sitting bottom of the eight for mm. probably the first two thirds of the year. And then they just went on a massive run at the mm. end of the year and just peaked. And they're not, and that's why I, I, at the moment, I only see the top, top three teams being Penrith, Storm, Para, mm-hmm. but the Roosters aren't like there. If there's any team that's going to threaten them mm. and, and knock them off as the Roosters, I, um, yeah, I'm definitely not putting a line through them at all. There's just yeah. so much upside. Look, Tedesco was in, the, I reckon the best form of his life. Eh? He, even last year, he was their best player. He carried them with all yeah. those injuries and 
all he did was cop shit about oh Turbo surpassed him, Pappenhausen surpassed him. He's just people have such a high bar for him now that yeah, when he is playing exceptional, he's still just oh he's just playing okay. But like the last his last five six weeks of footy, there's there hasn't been a better player in the comp this year. I and that's that's coming from a Dragons fan and Ben Hunt's coming first in Dalians, mate. <laughs> in I agree with what you said. I also realised that I said we're a third of the way through the season. We're half the way through the season <laughs> after 12 games. That's how tight it is. But oh, I, there's some good value, I reckon, around the futures. So, Bruce's and Eels, $11, $12. They're your third and fourth best odds. Um, and, and there's too history, many question marks history tells else, us, I think. History tells us teams don't go back to back, right? What Roosters did it 18 19, it was 92 93 before that. Like, it's it's not an easy feat. And every year, the the premiership winners from the previous year cruise through the start of the year, and everyone's like, Yeah, they're going to go back to back, they're going to go back to back, and it doesn't happen. And Penrith are going to, something's going to, they've had a pretty good run with injuries over the last two years. Penrith, like, something is going to have to, they've had a very soft, well, a, a said, soft ish draw as well so far. And even over Origin, yeah. they get Knights, like, Bulldogs, Warriors, and a bye. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's and the, the storm, the storm I can see being beaten. Um, they have to play from the front and dictate terms and play on their own pace. At the moment, it gets into an arm wrestle. I think that's where the other team gets on top of Storm, and I think that's why Penrith and and power have had their, their measure the last couple of years is because they, as good as the spine of Melbourne is, they've got like Munster and and Hughes. They're they're all fullbacks, right? They're all they're all fullbacks that have been made into halves, and they don't have that natural, I guess, that ability to play at the back foot. Like that's what Penrith did so well last year. Penrith were nowhere near. Penrith were nowhere near their best at the end of last year, but they backed their defence and Buddy Cleary just kicked them to that premiership. He just controlled the game with his kicking game. Mitch Moses is, got, is probably the next best kicking game. Well, he's up there, same echelon with like your DCEs and Adam Reynolds and stuff like that. He can he can play off the back foot. And the amount of times he's kicking from deep within his own 40, they're catching the ball on their own 10 metre line. And they're like, it's just... Just running it oh, out. I think that's... That's the one thing that probably is Melbourne's downside. But if, if they click, then then they're they're just a scary team. But yeah, I, I'm just I'm still big on Para. I don't I'm not off them yet. Anyway, yeah, no, so either am I. Topic I, again. I don't know. If, honestly, I don't think I'm uh, confident about anyone. I still think there's question marks of all four of the top four teams, but they're not even the same stratosphere as the question marks of everyone else. So, no, yeah, to me, it's, it's one of those four. 12, right? Yeah, it's round 12. So that's why I'm like, uh, know, 12 while, bucks. while we're talking about, while we're talking about futures markets, I want to have a little bit of a rant. I'm so mad that the Dally M's is not uh, a market you can bet on anymore. Yeah, I know. Absolute bullshit. And it's all because that one year it got leaked that Craig, I mean, Craig Bellamy got the coach of the year. The stupid well, thing is, right? You can't bet on it in a on a mainstream betting site. I'm sure you can find how other can you can bet avenues. On, how can you can bet on the the brown one? Have they had the same 
what's the I don't, I bet, I bet on the Brownlow last year. But, like, even if there was, like, if people were concerned about, you know, oh, if it goes behind closed doors after mm. this date, um, don't let anyone, like, we don't release it till, you know, we announce the winner. Maybe just let people bet up until a certain date. Yeah. And then it can't be leaked. And then, yeah. But just let me put money on Ben Hunt for fuck's sake. <laughs> and the people who have yeah. the people who try to argue that these betting agents have an impact on how we live our lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have a let's have a look at uh, the four games for round 13. Uh, first game of the weekend kicked off 20 minutes ago, but we'll let you hear our thoughts on it anyway. So Titans versus Cowboys down on the Gold Coast. Uh, both teams losing key players, mostly for origin, but also some through injury. So Titans missing, obviously, their captain, Tino Fasamawale, to state of origin. David Fafida is out injured. However, Mo Fodawaka, who was not selected for Queensland, uh, I'd say mostly due to injury, but a little bit of form as well, is back. So he slots straight in at prop opposite Jared Wallace. You've got Isaac Liu in at lock. Bo Fermore was named a start. And SM Masters gets a start in the centres uh, with Patrick Herbert pushed back to the bench. But the Cowboys uh, have us our feed out and Murray Tulagi released from Origin Camp to take their positions in the back line. Uh, Brendan Elliott, First run of the season on the wing. Um, in the forward pack, Cohen Hess shifts from lock to prop with Tamalolo being back in the side and healing Lukey starting in the place of Jeremiah Nanai with Colony Col and Lee Lamelu coming onto the bench. Oh, jeez. Um, Dolphin signing for next year, just randomly. So... Oh, I still, oh, oh, obviously Valentine Holmes out for the Cowboys as well. I still think Cowboys will have too many points in them with how Drinkwater's been playing, how Chad Townsend's been playing. Uh, ben Hampton, sorry, in there as well at 5'8", uh, with Tom Dearden being 18th man for Queensland. Forgot about that too. Uh, Tom Lolly being back after a week off, after only playing, I think, 18 minutes last week and 24 the week before, so he'll be fresh. And I like the inclusion of Lamelu on the bench. Very versatile player, can play center, can play second row. Um, the fact that Reese Robson's still there, Drinkwater's still there, and Townsend's still there, three of the four of their spine that's been playing so well together, I think that should be enough for the Cowboys, despite how well the Titans played in the first half last week and with Fodawaka being back. We used to see. Drink water and not get to six and hammer to fullback. Uh, I, I, I threw that start of the season. I would have said yes, but I wouldn't be shifting him from how yeah. he's playing. No, yeah, it's funny. Like, because you'd seen, you'd look at it, you're like, well, that'd make a stronger team. Like that, that's fine. Yeah. But then I guess you, you take into account the long term, and mm. you, you try to keep people in the same positions and try to, yeah. I guess limit the movement around the team but yeah it's just, it's just funny how some clubs would you know they you look at the the shark for example when kennedy got injured they didn't leave it as is they moved Hines to fullback and played Braden trindle right yeah, it didn't did work well it wasn't that game <laughs> yeah but yeah and then like you what you looked at penrith last year and, and they 
I think the first round where they were without their origin players, they moved Burton from centre yeah. into the halves and yeah. they lost that game, I think, to West. And then the next time they left him at centre. So it's like they almost learned, you know, like leave it, leave that, like whatever yeah. your strong point is, leave it and then yeah. fill the gaps elsewhere. So um, I reckon this could be a high scoring game. Though. Like, yeah. Titans throw plenty of footy at you. And I know what they've lost four players, Cowboys and not massive defensively or Barcotta, but Titans are a different brand of footy. Eh? Like they're just, they are. Well, they showed it the come first back. half of last week. It's just yeah, the other half. And how many times have they done that too? They've done it against good teams as well. They've yeah. just gone bang, put two or three tries on and, and no team can defend it. But yeah, I think Cowboys will, will probably beat them in like a 30 to 20 type scoreline. That's my yeah. tip. Well, over 40 points was only paying dollar eighty. I was like, yeah, I probably want more than that. But uh, mm. I can see why. Or what else I didn't mention with if you put feed out fullback drink water at five eight, it's only going to be for a week before they shift back anyway. And exactly, then if yeah. you do it again, I, I still think also feed out's got a chance of being in the origin series if there's an injury and taking going to be drink water back. out, then putting him back. And yeah, you know, mm. I think keep it the same. So yeah, I, I'm I am excited to see how Toby Sexton backs up because I think his first half last week was his best half of footy in the NRL. It's a shame he had to go off injured because it really stemmed the tide for the Titans. So obviously we'll have to watch this one back. Um, Friday night's game, Penrith versus Bulldogs. Uh, Penrith, no Crichton, no Luai, no Cleary, uh, no Liam Martin, no Isaiah Yo. And there's seven players all up, isn't there? Yeah, and Toto. they still look like oh Toto. <laughs> and it's still not even fair. Um still looking down this man for man, player for player, with Luke Thompson now out as well for Bulldogs and Matt Dufty likely not to be selected. Uh, as news coming out of today. I think Corey Allen's been is in the reserves as well, so he could be a chance He's to come so- in. So what I read in the late mail was Corey Allen's moving to wing, Karaz to centre, Avarillo to fullback, which I don't see as a better option. Why didn't they just put Corey Allen at fullback? But anyway, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if Corey Allen ran out at fullback. That just seems like such a fuck around. It does. Is this Matt Burton's first game back against Penrith? I can't remember uh, if they played already this year. I'm, I don't know. That's no. a good question. Falls is in at 5'8 for I think they might have. Penrith. Sean O'Sullivan at halfback. Uh, he got Robert Jennings in at centre. Charlie Staines at, on the wing. Probably the ugliest Ooh. looking Penrith back line you'll see all season. Uh, in the forwards, Coruscant was released from State of Origin Camp. So he takes his spot. Chris Smith in at second row. Uh, Mitch Kenny comes I'll tell on you what, interchange. That's going to be an entire new right edge for, for Penrith because they've lost Martin, Martin. Luai. No, sorry, Martin, Cleary, Crichton, Toto. Doesn't Crichton play on the left? Targ- no, Targo's on the left. No, nah, kick out. That's kick right. Out kick Targo, out Targo. May and Luai. So, like, geez, if, you, if you're the dogs, you're practicing going left this week. 
which is maybe Burton could be good value for a try. Yeah, that's or the fox. Yeah, fox. fox for a double. Fox for a fuck you. <laughs> Give me my <laughs> blues jersey back. Uh, Max King in at lock here for the Bulldogs. I'm off. Oh, I'm still going panels. Just fuck. I just can't bring it. I think it's, I can't bring myself. It's gonna be closer to, than people think. So yeah, to back in a Bulldogs uh, team ever. The, oh, um, they, they just don't inspire any confidence, even up against a, a third string. Oh, so I should have mentioned that Gold Coast were two thirty-five Cowboys dollars seventy-five before the game. Uh, Penrith are a dollar thirty-five. Bulldogs are three twenty-five. So if you are chasing some value and you believe the Bulldogs are an outside shot, um, yeah, put your money where your mouth is and you'll get rewarded if they I um it's I wouldn't be surprised if the dogs won this game, but I just don't I don't see how it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Sense. I, I, it doesn't make sense, it. right? Like you're like if you're gonna win, like this is what happened with Penrith last year. They they had that winning streak and then they dropped the game at origin against the Tigers who were traveling terribly. Yeah. So like I could see it happening, but I think Penrith their packs still pretty solid like I think they'll just grind it out they got chorus out Sean O'Sullivan already started the year played well yeah. Dylan Edwards um we'll Isn't get through plenty fact, of work so the fact we're having this conversation at all one team's as close to full strength as they'll get minus a prop the other team <laughs> ha- is missing seven of their first 13 mm-hmm. and we're still debating who we should pick is that because yeah. of how good Penrith is, how bad Bulldogs are, or both? It's a combination. So, and I think we've seen, especially last year during the origin period, that Penrith do have a depth. And mm. like they, as much as they haven't lost a lot of people to injury, they've lost one or two people here or there, and someone's coming and done a job. But I guess it's going to be completely different when, you know, seven people are dumped into the team mm-hmm. and they all have to. Take on a bit more, so yeah, maybe it's a danger game. I think it is a danger game, but um, I still think there's too much quality in the key positions in Penrith, and there's just yeah. too many question marks. Like the dogs should have beaten us last week. We were terrible. Actually, on on, on another note, I, I've been on the record many times spraying Matt Dufty and saying mm. or a lot of things like not not so much questioning. At times, I question his effort. I've never doubted his skill or his ability, mm. but is, is putting his body on the line and, and wanting to do the hard stuff has been the biggest thing I've criticised. But how they can drop him after last week, like they wouldn't have scored a point against us if he didn't play. And I know this is the Dragons thing all over again from last year and <clears throat> we weren't scoring points if mm. Dufty wasn't being involved. But there's so many issues at the Dogs. Yeah. He's not the main issue. Like he set up three tries last week just with his speed and eyes up footy and throwing cutout balls and just doing what he does best. And yeah, he made a couple of errors and you take the, the good with the bad. And I you have to. I still don't I still don't think he's a the long-term option there, but I haven't realized he's not a fullback. How many times are they going to try him in a different position? He just he scored a double last week playing center. Leave the bloke in a position. Like he's never going to be the long-term option there. 
Uh, like I'd rather if they were going to drop him, give Corey Allen a run, or they they sign Ado Carr on fullback money to play a bit of fullback, put him back there. I just don't see how he's just been made the scapegoat again. A thing, and um, is there and, yeah, anyone like, on the whole Bulldogs team that's a long term solution in any position outside of Matt Burton? Matt Burton, yeah. Um, Ado Carr, yeah. But yeah, it's a great point. There's no one. Um, <clears throat> Raymond Fatal Mariner, maybe. All those signings were quick fixes, weren't they? That's what they wanted to see. That they brought in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, I do feel for him. Like I, I have, yeah, criticised him a lot in the past, but I just, I just feel like they conceded 34 points last week, and they're dropping their fullback, who was involved in 24 of those points. Yeah, 24 anyway. points they scored. Anyway, um, let's so, yeah, move Tim over to Penrith. Saturday. Yeah, Tim Penrith. Move over to Saturday. Four Pines Park. Brookie down in Northern Beaches. You got Manly taking on the Warriors. Uh, Manly, let's say, yeah, hit in a couple of positions uh, due to origin. Still a fair few players out uh, with injury, although they do get one or two return. Oh, no, it was last week. No worry. Um, so, Ruben Garrick says at fullback, Jason Saab returns from a toe injury on the wing. Josh Schuster moves into 5'8 to partner Kieran Foran in the halves with Daily Trevor Evans out on origin duty. Uh, Toff Sipley starts up front with Aloi. Andrew Davey comes into the second row. Uh, on the bench, Martin Tapau is back and Dylan Walker has been named to play as has Carl Lawton after serving his five-week suspension. Is that been Warriors, five weeks already? Yeah, it's crazy. Jesus. Uh, for the Warriors, you've got Jazz Tavanga starting a prop uh, with Ben Mordok Masilla, same as last week, after Fanua Blake is injured and Lodge leaving. Tori Harris looking better each week, starting at second row. Um, and on the bench, Bailey Sirenin comes back into the side. Um, Dejan Arce, Alisi Katoa, Domus Louie, Freddie Lussick, all in the reserves. And one to watch, I guess, for Manly, Taniela Paseca back into the reserves, nearing a return from injury. Don't know what Hasler's got against Ethan Bullimore, but the games that he's played, he's played pretty damn well through the middle. And it's there's definitely some players that... It's, it's not like he's got a... It's not like he's got that much depth in the middles either. Nope. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, anyway, there must uh, just be something. Hey, there's how many times do you look at a coach and just be like, How are why? you not picking this person? Yeah. yeah, this is a danger game for you guys, too. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? We've lost four in a row, <laughs> have you? I think so. Um, I'd have to look, like, but, yeah, I don't think so. there I wouldn't think have been so. many games, there wouldn't have been many games in the past few years where you played without Jerry Evans or Turf, but um. Last year, done against Canberra, missing them. Yeah, so you've gone down. Very ugly game. Yeah, so he beat. All right. Lost to the Sharks, lost to the Rabbits, beat Tigers, lost to the Broncos, Eels, Storm. Mm. And now. So you do for a win. Yeah, but yeah. And the Warriors have lost five in a row, haven't they? Um, I'm tipping you guys. It's 11th first, 12th. That's all you need to know. The thing that 
concerns me about you is probably kicking game. Like, Foran's got a good short kicking game, not so much long kicking game. True. Um, like, compared to DCE, but um, yeah, I don't know. Look, it's just the Warriors are just, they played well in patches again last week. And I guess that's sort of been their year. They've, they've played well in patches, but just can't string a full game together. I think he's all be too good for them, but it's not going to be a great game. Oh, I can see some soft tries being scored yeah. by both teams. Uh, Manly's edge defense, like outside the second rowers, you, you don't even have to do anything special to do it. It's like a, a basic box play or X or wrap, whatever you want to throw that way. You're going to cause trouble, and it's a less than A grade level play. Uh, I haven't, I've got to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of Schuster's kicking game. He's in the position he played a lot as junior. Remember, he's only moved to the edge last season, so it'll be interesting he's, to see if he can just jump back He's in. not fit at the moment either. He's not. He back looks chunky. No. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, I, this, I don't know how this is going to play out. What, while we're on the topic of Schuster, I don't know if you're like me, but do you get as frustrated as I do every time he throws a no-look pass? No. Because I'll tell you what. Not yet. They did you see the one? They don't. Oh, did you see the one? Like, actually, you would have appreciated this because when he hit Morgan Harper in the head. Oh, that was a thing of beauty. <laughs> it's really, it's really, uh, like, because I know Zach Lomax was the same at the start of the year. He was trying to throw these miracle balls, miracle no yeah. flick passes and stuff. And the, the amount of times they just came off with errors. And, like, there's a, don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place for it. But sometimes you just need to make sure you hit the mark. And yeah. I think it was at the game against Parra. Or maybe it was, yeah. It was either the game against Parra or the game last week against Melbourne. He threw a couple and, like, if he had to just looked where he was passing, hit someone on the chest, he's probably score. Instead, yeah. he's trying to no look. It's sort of gone behind the back of the, the fullback. He's had to stop and catch it. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just a pet. I'm, so, I'm sound like an old man back in my day. Yeah, back in my day. I, I think it's also. <laughs> The fact he spent a fair bit of time off already this year, whether he's trying to do too much too quickly. Because when he was doing yeah. it last yeah. year, it was much, he was doing it in much better situations. When he was doing yeah. also it, also suited that. Tommy Turbo at the back. Yeah, makes a big difference. Um, and he's yeah. probably missing his timing at the moment as well. Yeah. A bit, yeah. bit rusty, but yeah, I'm going, yeah, going manly in this one. Albeit, it, this feels like a game Sean Johnson could just rip it apart. And but going on to the game on Sunday, seems like the only game that's pretty fairly matched with regards to players missing, players coming back in. Um, and should be the best game of the round, I'd, I'd, in my opinion. Raiders versus Roosters down in Canberra. So Matt Frawley comes in at 5'8 with Jack White and being out. He played there in around 9 and 10. Corey Horsburgh moves the starting prop. Howard Nara joins the bench and Trey Mooney will make his debut. Joseph Wiley is expected to play despite picking up a head knock. He'll come back on the wing. Joseph Manu shifts to fullback and Billy Smith comes into centre. Um, uh, Lindsay Collins is in Marine camp. So Takeo moves the prop and Satili Torpanua comes into the starting side. Um, I'm excited to watch this game for, for a couple of different reasons. I still want to see more of Billy Smith because it's where like he hasn't had more than three weeks in a row without being injured 
or not selecting to the Roosters' back line. Um, always love seeing Manu at fullback getting his hands on the ball more. He, he always seems to put in a really good game. And I swear down at the Raiders, every time a, a guy makes a debut, he has an absolute blinder. Uh, we've seen Hudson Young and now see what we've got here in... Um, I've lost his name now. Uh, Trey Mooney. Jesus. Uh, it was a great game last week, Raiders and Parramatta, and Parramatta just pulled away with it in the second half with two tries against the run of play when Canberra were really controlling the game. They just couldn't get that finishing touch. So, well, I'd expect something pretty similar. This yeah, week. this is... um. <clears throat> Initially, when I saw this game, I was leaning towards Canberra. Mm. But my concern is around the, the where the points are going to come from there. And and it sounds funny because Whiten didn't really do all that much last week in, in that game. It was their forwards that led the platform. And Josh Papali'i was huge last week. He was mm-hmm. probably the best one of the best players on the field. Him and Joseph Tarpanay. And I think when Papali's going well, it makes Tarpanay better. And I think if anyone's going to Miss him, it's going to be a Tarpanay this week. And there's something about the Roosters pack. I know they're, um, who are they missing this week? Pack, um, Lindsay Collins. Yeah, Lindsay Collins. And they're it. being yeah, it wasn't selected. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Crichton had a big game. Uh, yeah. And he's, to... his last few weeks, his last few weeks, he's hit form again. Yeah, he's building. And Hargraves is playing well. Like whenever he goes up against a big pack, he has a big game. Um, Hargraves, so I think and Hargraves versus bro. that's going to be sick. Yeah, Joey Manu at fullback. Every time he goes there, he's the best player on the field. Yeah. Um, plain and simple. So the um, I think the Roosters are going to be too good for him. But the way the way Canberra have been playing lately, like you've got to admire the way they bounce back. Yeah. And it's funny the thing the thing that coincided with them playing well was Matt Foley in the halves. That's when they started their run. It's, I think they won four in a row when Whiten got suspended and probably went into the halves. And mm-hmm. he just, the difference, just the steady... difference this time is he's playing with Fogarty, not with Schneider. So that'll be yeah. another new combination. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've, I've got Roosters as well in this one. Hey, the thing, I, the thing I like 60, about... Raiders 235 yeah. if you want something outside. The thing I like about Frawley is he's just... As much as he's not an experienced first grader, he's a very experienced reserve Football. grader. Yeah. And yeah, and... I think that's just a good thing to have sometimes. Like they've seen it all in yes in a lower grade and they've had a taste of the top grade, but they they just know how to play just handle the situation. Get back to your social media. Yeah, that's it. So pretty boring, but I think we're going four for four. Uh yeah, but too much but too much alike, mate. You'd almost say hundred <laughs> percent. Almost. Almost almost baited me into it then. So there's going to be so many different results this week. People going for chasing some value uh, with Bulldogs and Raiders. Those sticking relatively safe, I guess, like us going Roosters and Penrith. Uh, this could be there's one of those. Value, there's, value, there's value in every game, really. Yeah, if you want to chase it, it's you are taking the – with the value, Too much value. unknowns. So yeah. do, do what you want and uh, good luck with your tipping. You may need it. And strap yourselves in for a big Origin preview show coming at you Monday night, um, ready for Tuesday morning. Thanks, Well, for jumping on. Jared's still out west somewhere. 
it's a new city every week. That is. And we'll, um, yeah, probably chat Monday. We'll bring you in for your state of origin tips, bets, and, um, I don't know, keys for victory for the Maroons, uh, we hope. Uh, do, I have to, do I have to come up with some more bets, do I? <coughs> oh, Hopefully man, we'll, be, just, um... we'll just look at key, keys for the game and yeah. uh, all that sort of stuff. Because only two of us Bet against on one. Jared being all high and yeah. mighty after last year. All right, see you, mate. Oh, Cheers, mate. See you. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio.